Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever Show, and on today's episode, I am joined by Sean Wolfswinkle. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Good to have you. You're out of the Houston market, is that right? That's correct. Uh, Houston and then uh, our secondary markets, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, interesting. Okay. So uh, Houston's obviously, you've experienced a little bit of uh, rain here lately. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's crazy. The uh, Amelda just came through a couple weeks ago, um, something like 21 inches in 12 hours, you know, of rain. So it just, it's, it's not. That's I've, crazy. Yeah. And that was funny because that was off of everybody's radar. And then all of a sudden, by the way, Houston's underwater right now. And exactly. it was like, what? And then we make national news and everybody, I have everybody in my family calling me. I'm okay. Is, you know, and we live in an area that doesn't flood, but that's good. Just pockets of town are notorious for flooding. So that's nuts. Yeah. Now, how did that affect you? I mean, you have a, you have a number of properties. I know that you guys manage. How yes, many of those suckers yeah, flooded? Uh, we manage like 1300 homes, but uh, wow. we had two homes that, that flooded. Um, both were in flood zones. So, you know, they, they, there's always that possibility when you live in a floodplain that it's going to flood. So, yeah, one of them was my personal rental um, that I owned, but it had flood insurance on it. You know, we'll make that okay. So it's just part of living in Houston. So That's insane. The other thing that surprises me about Houston is how big it is. Like, what's the population of Houston? Uh, 6.2 million. That's a, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's and that's actually about the same size as Atlanta. Yeah, um, but it covers, like, seriously, you can drive 75 miles an hour um, on the freeway and you'll, for an hour and you'll still be in Houston. It, it's huge. It just, it sprawls um, just such a large population or large, large uh, demographic in size. So, yeah. Well, it's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, exactly. right? The exactly. geography just goes on forever <laughs> in Texas. Exactly. So, and so, so in your business, you guys do, it's turnkey. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So we're uh, Texas turnkey properties. Um, we sell uh, remodeled houses. And this year we've mainly focused on new construction homes. So okay. we have two single family models on infill lots. And then we do a duplex model as well. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah. so you're sourcing lots, I'm assuming. Uh, are you doing neighborhoods? Are you doing infill? What's, what does that look like uh, for you guys? So we, we, yeah, we buy infill lots. So the largest package we buy in is seven at a time, but for the most part, it's, you know, onesies, twosies here and there. Um, and then depending on the size or the area, or the deed restrictions, we either build a duplex model or, or the single family house. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. And then the you're, duplex, you're... You know, the duplex model is like huge in demand. It, it's uh, we sell them for two eighty five. They rent for thirteen hundred a door, so twenty six hundred. Um, and they don't have HOAs, so you know you save some money there. But uh, they're sixteen oh two square feet per side, three bedroom, wow. two and a half bath. So they're large. They're they're nice. They're affordable. Um, so they've been, they rent quickly and then they're actually really good. Like we're getting eight to eight and a half percent returns wow. on the, uh, um, return on investment cash on cash. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's appealing to a lot of our investors. Well, and you're selling it for less than a hundred bucks a square foot. That's correct. Yes. I mean, where is an investor buying anything right now? That's especially new construction for that price. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we've just cut our costs, you know, by, 
building quantity and then also, you know, just building the same model over and over again. And we're getting a really good yep. deal a lot. So and we're kind of passing that on to our, our clients. Yeah. And so how are you finding infill lots for cheap enough where all those numbers make sense? Because it's yeah. in Atlanta, our infill lots are, you'll spend 60 to 100,000 on an infill lot. I, I could never make those numbers work. Yeah. So, I mean, we, uh, some of them are teardowns where we, you know, buy a dilapidated house and tear it down. Some of them, so we're doing direct mail, just like you would for single family houses. We're doing direct mail, pay-per-click advertising. Um, the cool part is once we have some lots in certain areas, we're putting up signs, bandit signs on our own lots and then getting neighbors to call us and, you know, sell us lots. Um, so just aggressive guerrilla marketing, but similar to you do to houses, we just do yeah. it for and what's your volume look like this year for these new construction? Uh, we're just at 100 uh, units uh, built this year. So Man, that's awesome. Like 130 homes a year. Dang, that's phenomenal, man. What a great model. Like I told you before we jumped on, I mean, I, I love the build to rent model. It's yeah. just so stinking hard to do in so many markets. We've got a couple, we got nine going right now, but it's only because we happen to find cheap enough lots. That's the, for us, that's the hardest thing is oh, find the lots where the numbers make sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been at it, uh, learned a heck of a lot. So, you know, I was much like the tr traditional investor buying houses, rehabbing them. And we got in three and a half years ago into new construction. And, uh, you know, I, I made mistakes. I overpaid for lots at the beginning, bought stuff. There was no sewer or water available. You know, it's stuff that, you know, you live and learn, you know, a lot yeah. of, I jumped right in. But uh, um, once you got it dialed in, you got your numbers, you got, it goes to the penny. The only problem we have anymore today is theft. So, you know, just people, yeah, water eaters, copper, you know, they target new construction. Um, yeah. You can't put copper in a man. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in one of those areas, you got to put in yeah. some CPVC or something. Yeah. But I hear you. We, we deal with that some of as well. And that's anywhere. I mean, in yeah. any, any market. And so in, in, in addition to doing the turnkey, you guys also have property management, which I think is key to doing a turnkey business is make sure that you've got a good handle on property management. Right. What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So we manage uh, 1300 homes. Uh, we have two offices, um, a staff of, I think for the, the property management, we're about 18 staff members. Um, lately this year, we've switched a lot more to VAs running uh, a lot of the administrative stuff on our uh, uh, property management side. But um, you know, it's, it's a great business for us. I, I went into it, into the turnkey space, actually to build a property management business. I know a lot of turnkey providers, you know, kind of do the other way around, you know, they property management say they're forced to do it and they're yeah. not good at it. Um, we went in saying, Hey, we're going to be great at property management and build it. Cause to me, it's like, okay, we can make a little bit on the flip side with the, the turnkey, but then I'm making residuals for the next, you know, our average client, at least 10 years is their expectation of how long they want to hold it. So it's a very long-term client, um, you know, an investor that goes in that has the means can pay for a roommate ready, you know, they, they plan for maintenance. And so it's a great long-term, you know, client and relationship. So to yep. us, it's a sellable business. If I ever decide, Hey, I'm done with this. Totally. And sell it. So yeah. Um, been a good good niche for us and and actually very profitable as well so. well like anything i know property management just comes down to systems like you have yeah. to systematize it to scale it and you guys have obviously figured that out because you're being profitable and, and probably the other big thing is staff you know yeah. just those key staff members that are uh like any business it comes down to your people yeah uh, staff people and processes yeah yep that's awesome. And like you said, that's the one good thing. It's tough to put a value on a flipping business because usually a flipping business is the person kind of running the business. And every year you start with zero income. You kind of got to start over. 
but yeah. a property management company has value. You build it up, and like you said, you can sell it. Yeah, correct. And then it, it manages our own. So my wife and I have a pretty big rental portfolio ourselves. So uh -huh. management companies manage that for us. So um, that also helps having it. You know, I know who's managing my property and can check in on it anytime. So. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, they're sort of doing the work for you. So, man, having done this many houses and managing this many houses, you've seen a lot. Is there a deal in particular that stands out as your best deal ever? So, yeah, so it was uh, happened um, a little while ago. Right as actually, I was transitioning from, you know, the traditional buying, fixing up, and retailing homes to the turnkey model. Happened yeah. right about that time when I was making that transition. Um, I had a deal. So, I, so I have a contractor that we do a lot of volume with. That he does a lot of our rehabs here in Houston. Mm -hmm. He happened to do some side work for um, an elderly lady that uh, had a house in Brown Rock, uh, Texas, which is just on the uh, north side of Austin, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, Dell headquarters is. Oh. And she um, was the, her son was a big time developer uh, here in Houston. And he told his mom, hey, mom, that house is not worth anything. I think she's just knocking down and we should come in and build something new. And so I want to, I don't want that time. I don't have the, I want to hassle with any of that. So she talked to the contractor and said, Hey, do you know anybody that would be interested in a house in Round Rock? And so he called us immediately because he knew we'll give him the work. So some, at that time I was also doing deals in Austin. And so I'd buy houses. This contractor would go live in the house while he's remodeling it and take some two to three weeks to remodel it and then turn around and resell it. So he knew like, Hey, this is, I can get future you know, work out of this. So, he called us and said, hey, this lady only wants land value for this house and she wants whatever the county has assessed the house at. So we're like, you know, it's gotta be a really poor house. So we looked it up, we looked it up on Google Maps. Um, the assessed value was $20,000. Um, and on Google, it looked like, you know, like a normal house in a great subdivision. Um, I'm like, how can this be? So I had a friend in Austin, I called him and said, hey, could you just drive by this house and make sure it's not, you know, fire damage, burned down. And so he, he went that day, looked at it. It looked, you know, it needed some updating because she hadn't lived in it in a year. But other than cosmetic work, it didn't need anything serious. So I was like, okay, there's got to be a gimmick. You know, there's got to be something yeah, right. with this What thing. am I missing here? Yeah. So uh, I met her that day. Uh, the, 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 right when they got that call, we went out there and met with her. And she said, you know what? I can't sell it to you. Because we said we'll just buy it. Let's we'll do the twenty thousand. So no, I can't sell it to you. You need to go see it. You need to put your own eyes on it. You know, make sure that you're comfortable with this. So I said, all right, fine. What well, we can I borrow the keys? I'll run down there and look at. It. So it's about a three hour drive from from where I live. Oh my gosh! And uh, the the crazy part about this, um, so Houston is known. It's hot, right? It's humid. Uh, it, um, but for whatever reason, that day, um, about five times a year, it'll freeze in Houston. You know, it doesn't last very long. But that particular day, schools were closed. Um, the county offices, everything was pretty much shut down in the city because when it freezes, we have all the overpasses and all that. And it was raining. They freeze over real quick and cause black ice. So everybody freaks right, out. Right. Um, so it was one of those days. And so I was like, you know, I have a four-wheel four drive truck. Let's just go. I'll figure it out. You know, we, we jumped on the road and went that day. Um, that's something people learn. Like if you really want to be successful, if you hustle and just work hard, you can, you know, yep. make it in this business. Uh, and make quick decisions. Like, exactly. you. I'm going to decide to drive three hours today to get this I'm deal done. Make an excuse say, Hey, you know, the roads are bad. Or, you know, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll yeah. happen. So uh, we got down there. 
took a look at the house. It needed updating, uh, you know, paint, uh, flooring, um, you know, updating the fixtures, part of it, hardware fixtures, um, but nothing serious at all. So I was like, this is way too good to be true. Then I'm like, am I being conned by, you know, yeah. the, the elderly <laughs> grandma, you know, there's gotta be some uh, liens, you know, maybe she's buying on her taxes 10 years or whatever. So we had the title company that day, look up everything, um, do a title search on it. Um, everything was clean. You know, she had kept up everything. Taxes were current. So, so, so we said, and we double checked with the title company, sure, title's good. So I was, I drove back that, that night, met with her. I just cut her a check for 20 grand. She deeded the house. She signed a warranty deed. I had the notary right there, just deeded the house. We didn't even go to closing. I just had her deed it right there. Uh, at that time, I was doing a lot of pre-foreclosure investing, so I was used to table closings. So it wasn't really for me to do that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you're trusting this preliminary title search. I mean, it wasn't like an extensive title search. I did, yeah. Um, because to me, it's like, I can't lose, you know, I, I it didn't, nothing came back, nothing. I didn't, you know, taxes were current, everything. So I took a little bit of risk, yes, with $20,000, but um, to me, it was worth the risk. Um, and I, I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want her to shop the deal or yeah. somebody else. And so yeah. um, I don't, maybe don't recommend that on every single transaction, but it was 20,000. I was willing to do it. So, so you uh, didn't get title insurance though. Right. Not up, front, not up front. But you, after the fact, they continue, they yep. did the search and got you some title insurance. Right. So that's the risk really in doing something like that is there's something back in title that they didn't pick up on that preliminary title search that could have come back. The, and stuck yeah. You. That I might that was the risk. Correct. And yeah. it was, I, I took that risk and was willing to gamble with that. Sure. So what do you think the house would have been worth as is? is 135. No way. Yeah. So we sold it for 165 is what we got for it. Um, and the, the, why it was probably the best deal ever was also the time frame. So from the time I got the lead to the time we sold it and closed it with the uh, buyer was 55 days. So, I mean, it's really, really fast. So it took us about two weeks to rehab it. Um, the same contractor that referred us got the deal. Um, and how much we, was that? Uh, the rehab was 25,000. Okay. So had a little bit of foundation uh, leveling that we had to do. Um, and then we put some like recessed lighting in and um, we put new countertops, we painted laminate flooring, um, new plumbing fixtures, hardware. Um, but other than the cosmetic updating and the foundation leveling, that was the, uh, the bulk of the, the cost and the rehab, but it's 25 grand. So all in, I was in for 45,000. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, is now, do you think maybe the foundation leveling is what f made her think the I house think wasn't worth anything? Yeah, yeah, I probably figured. But I mean, in, in Houston or in Texas in general, we have a, I'm probably sure it's similar to Atlanta. Do you guys have like a clay that, yep. you guys, I mean, we have a ton of it. We have so, a lot of clay. Yeah. I would say like out of every 10 houses, at least five to six, I needed to do foundation leveling on here. So it's quite really, a, oh wow. It's not that common here. Yeah. So um, it's not. It's not uh, buyers are used to that. Realtors are used to foundation leveling. So as long as you get a, a lifetime warranty on it, they're good to go. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So her son kind of screwed her over. Yeah. But I mean, I think a I mean, wealthy guy, you know, it's not like yeah. you would think they would have been smarter about it, but I mean, it, it worked out to our advantage. And that's why I was like, I didn't want her to change her mind. That's why I acted quickly as I did too. Um, and getting a sign right there, not waiting till her to go to closing. Um, and I didn't, you know, it was just a quicker deal for us. And it was just faster to just get it signed and take that risk. 
So. Goodness gracious. That's well, I mean, I don't blame you now. Now knowing that it was worth 135 as is, yeah, I I'd have given her 20 grand on the spot. Just like something small, like a judgment or something like that. Yeah. Like there's room in there to pay for worst case scenario. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. That's insane, man. And so she signed a warranty deed on the spot. Now, um, did you guys just self-fund it? Did you guys bring any private money in? How'd you guys fund? Yeah, I know forty. That one we self-funded because it was only forty-five thousand. Yeah, uh, but you know a lot of our deals, um, we use private uh, lending on a majority of our deals like that. So yeah. uh, typically we would bring in a lender for fifty thousand to cover, you know, the purchase, rehab, and then some holding costs. But yeah, but on this but one, it was so dang quick. Yeah, it was so fast that we didn't need to. So that's now. Did this lady ever live in the house? She did at one time, yeah. So her her uh, son had moved her down to Houston to be closer to him, and so okay. she had lived there for over thirty years. So, okay, yeah. So it was a home she had been in new and paid off for many years. It's just it was too hard for her to get down there to check on it. She was just tired and done with it. And yeah. It. yeah. And so in her mind, it was just a hassle at that point. Yeah, right. She right. just needed it gone, and you you. Yeah. basically propose the solution for 20 grand. I'll take it off your hands. You don't have to worry about it again. I mean, it wasn't like negotiations because she, she specifically said, you know, I just want whatever the county has assessed it at because that's what they say the lines were. And that's, you know, so I didn't argue with her. No, yeah, you're not going to argue her up. That's incredible, man. That's a, that's one of those. I mean, that's that, the whole purpose of this, like these best deal ever is a lot of them are just unicorns. Like those exactly. type of deals don't just fall in your lap, but occasionally you're in the business long enough. They just do. Exactly. And then we've had some, not that large, but you know, you just have, you do it long enough and do as many deals that you have some ones that just pop like that. That's right. Yeah. So how did you exit this one? Did you sell it on the open market or did you sell it to turnkey? No, we hired a realtor and just put on the open market and and we sold it. Gotcha. uh, Yeah. For 165 is what we got. Now they did, uh, they put 20% down, got financing. So that's what, you know, we had to wait for appraisals and and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that 55 day window still, you know, dude, fast. that's yeah. so fast. So what you guys renovated in a couple of weeks on the market gone in 30 days after that, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. So at the end of the day, what was your net profit on it? Uh, it was just shy of like a hundred grand or just right around the hundred grand mark. Close to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, dude. For like 18,000, like closing costs, commissions, everything came out to like, I think 18,000. So gotcha. Yeah, in a house that you're selling in the 100s to net 100 grand on it's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't see that very often. You don't see that very you often. Get into the million, you know, five to a million or above to start seeing those kind of numbers. Right, know. right. So, any advice? What did you learn? I mean, I, what did you take away from this this particular experience that maybe you've implemented in your business? I mean, to me, it's you know when I used to like train students and teach people, it's all about the hustle or the willing to act quickly you know yeah it's something we teach with our staff we're right now we're reading a book relentless mm-hmm. um, and it's uh the, the the trainer for um michael jordan kobe bryant all that and talking about the cleaner that and that mindset of the cleaner they don't think they just act you know and they they step up when they're called so that to me that's what i use it when i tell that story about this deal mm-hmm. hey we could have had a ton of excuses of why we could have you know, wait it or let's wait till tomorrow to go look at it. Let's, you know, and who knows between now and then an investor could swoop in and just take it from me, especially in today's market. Yep. Um, if you don't act quickly, you're, you'll be, you know, yep. so you got to act quickly. You got to move, you got to be tenacious um, and, and to get deals these days. So uh, yep. that would be the biggest takeaway. 
No, you're exactly right. It is so stinking competitive out there right now. If there's a deal, man, you got to drive to the person's house, lock it down, maybe even close it right there. Which That's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, before we started the rehab, I made sure I got, you know, a title policy and everything cleared just to double check. But yes, I recommend you um, double check, you know, your stuff. And, and it's happened to me when I bond subject to and bought at the table where I've gotten stuck with a, like a lien or something that we didn't catch. And so, yeah, you know, but it, it does happen, but I knew I felt comfortable with that one going into it. Yeah. 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 Sometimes it is the cost of doing business, just catching yeah. things. you. Do. But again, you had enough, even if you had caught something on this one, you had enough margin built in that you could have absorbed that exactly fairly easily. Correct. So that's a good one, Sean, man. Uh, I tell you what, the ones where you can make a hundred grand, and a house that you're selling for less than $200,000, that's definitely going to fall into the best deal ever category. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It was good chatting with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. All right. Sit tight, you deal farm listeners. We've got more coming up in just a second. But for right now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to pick up your phone. Now, if you're driving, just wait till you get to the next stoplight. I want you to go to your Amazon app. I want you to type in Profit Like the Pros. You'll see my paperback book published by Bigger Pockets come up. Okay, now just hit the order button. See how easy that was? Here's the deal. In just two days, you're going to be enjoying 25 amazing stories of seasoned investors sourcing and funding and profiting from all types of real estate investments. Okay, back to the show, except in this segment, we're going to talk about the deals that didn't go so well. Hope you enjoy. All right, I'm with my good friend, Sean Wolfswinkle. Sean, give us your worst deal ever. Um, I, well, I got two that come to mind. I'll, I'll, I'll briefly cover both of them, and they're okay. both different. So one was a uh, we did a little bit higher end of a flip, um, and the house and the remodel and everything went well what happened afterwards was probably what made it the worst deal ever so i sold it um we made you know a smaller profit but the the issue was uh, a year later um got a call from an attorney uh that uh so we replaced all the plumbing in the house all the electrical well the plumber i hired um didn't replace it was like a two inch piece of uh, piping that he couldn't reach and that's probably why he couldn't it was like where it was located it was really difficult it was in the kitchen on a like a vaulted ceiling mm-hmm. and so whatever he didn't replace a small little section of, of piping uh, and of course that's where a, a break broke right above the kitchen sink um anyways these people were traveling in europe uh flooded their kitchen um they had to come home early because their kitchen was flooded anyways they sued me for and they wanted uh the total and damages they were uh, requesting was $85,000 for mental anguish and ruining their come vacation. On, come As, on. Yeah. So my wife was uh, seven months pregnant, you know, so it was bad timing stress wise. Oh, uh, we ended up settling and settling outside of court and just, uh, the plumber had actually gone out of business. So I couldn't even, you know, counter sue him. Um, but this, the stress, you know, that that caused and being sued and, you know, handling attorneys and all that, especially when your wife's, you know, seven months. Pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. But that's part of the business and, and something, I don't know if I could have caught that. I, I mean, I wasn't there on the job site, you know, to see every single plumbing part he did, but, um, you know, you live and learn and that's again, part of, 
doing business is, is you, you encounter stuff like that. The other one was uh, I had bought a house that had several additions. Um, this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and was going to rehab it. It was going to be like a home run. And I'll, I'll try to make this quick. How I got the deal was I found I had bought a note from Bank of America. So at that time, Bank of America, it was rare, rare that they would sell you a first position note that was in default. Usually you had to buy like a package of their notes at that time. Um, and how I got it is I actually had um, approached them and the second, there was a first and a, a first second first mortgage and a second mortgage on the property. The second mortgage wouldn't allow me to discount their notes. So I said, well, I'm just going to go to the first and see if I can buy it from them and then foreclose on the property and wipe the second out. Mm-hmm. Bank of America, they, I think they knew that this had um, issues with this house that I didn't know at the time. Um, so they went in and sold it. We went through an attorney. I bought the note for 55000 I mm-hmm. uh, was thinking I was going to turn around and sell this house for like 185000 um, I hired an attorney foreclosed on the property, wiped the second out. What I didn't realize was that the city had condemned a bunch of the additions on it. Oh, no. And there was a, uh, a variance issue as well. And so I got into this whole mess. Code enforcement wouldn't allow me to keep it the way it was. Uh, I couldn't get a variance for that additions that were um, in the easement. And so I ended up having to knock half of the house down. Uh, oh, okay. so, uh, it was the, the craziest part was seeing a bulldozer, you know, to go into a perfectly, you know, good home and just tearing down, you know, just with the backhoe part of it, just knocking down half of your house. But, um, I didn't really make anything after all that. I didn't lose anything either, but it, I went from a home run to breaking even. Um, so those are probably my two examples of, uh, some bad deals that I did. I mean, if a, if a break even is in the worst deal category, then you're doing all right. Yeah, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. It's not the end of the world. It's now, in Texas, if, uh, if you buy a house and a, like a, an addition wasn't permitted, is that typical that they want you to, to tear it down and, or, or, or does it get grandfathered in? It can get grandfathered in. Um, this one particular was, it was sitting in the easement and uh, they wouldn't allow, because it was already on code enforcement's list, um, it had code violations. They wouldn't even entertain an easement uh, variance allowance. Uh, so they just said, no, you're going to knock it down. Uh, we're not going to entertain anything other than you you knocking that section down, rebuilding the home, getting it out of code enforcement's list. And so they, they had, I went to the manager way, you know, the highest I could, and they weren't hearing it. So. Oh, man. Sometimes, you know, doesn't it stink like, you know, a municipality sees an investor coming and buy it and they're like, jackpot. That's the guy that's going to do what we want. Exactly. Yeah. And they got you. And they, they got you. you. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's so frustrating, man. Uh, yeah. It's one of those things a lot of times, and we've run into that before too, you buy a house. You just don't know the history of it. I mean, you can check into different departments. You can run title search. That doesn't mean you've, you know, you've, you've covered all your bases, especially exactly. when it comes to code enforcement. Yeah. And that one I didn't close, you know, it was a, it was a different scenario because I didn't, if I would have closed with the title company up front traditionally, you know, all those code things would have came up. I went around like a backside and bought the first lien and then yeah. to take it back. So it was a, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, at the time. And yeah. I, yeah. Well, you know, fun. T- I mean, sometimes some of the code stuff doesn't even show up on title searches for us. It's like yeah. the local municipality knows that they're there, but nobody else knows that they're there until you buy it. And then they inform you. Yeah. So it happened. So. It's, 
part of being a real estate investor, right? Exactly. There's, there's ups and there's downs for sure. That's exactly right. So, well, this was a good one, Shauna. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. From wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.